What's on the horizon for financial markets? At PGIM, it's a question that over 1,400 investment professionals relentlessly research in pursuit of your long-term goals. Specialized across asset classes, but united in collaboration. Our teams provide global and local expertise. Our investments shape tomorrow, today. Pursue your tomorrow with PGIM, a leading global asset manager. I'm Kelly Evans, host of CNBC's The Exchange. This is Conversations with Kelly, where I take a deep dive with an expert on a topic I'm particularly interested in. Today's discussion is about crypto and Clio Capital. Clio is a venture capital firm started by Sarah Koontz back in 2018, building on her experience as an investor and entrepreneur, including a stint with the legendary VC firm Sequoia. Clio has had dozens of investments, but most recently it was involved with a big fundraise at crypto platform Gemini. Gemini is probably best known for its leadership, the Winklevoss twins. It started all the way back in 2015, before crypto was really a thing. Now Gemini is worth $7 billion, has an NFT marketplace, is involved in DeFi, and also faces more competition than ever. I'd like to talk to Sarah today about the future of this fast-evolving space and where she sees the best, maybe the worst, investment opportunities. And with that, Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Excited to be here. Let's start with Gemini. You know, at a time when rivals like FTX are valued, you know, valued at $25 billion and we see their logos everywhere, what makes Gemini a really attractive investment right now? Yeah, you know, there are a lot of smart people in this space and there's a lot of money to be made. And, and so, you know, if, if there were only, if there was only one crypto exchange, I'd be a little bit worried um, because when you think way back to the early days of, of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency, you know, Groups like Mt. Gox, there was sort of the, the you know, 10,000 pound elephant in the room of this massive trading platform at the time. And, you know, it, it got hacked and lots and lots and lots of people lost a lot of money because so many people were using just one platform. Mm. Um, so this competition, I think, is, is healthy for the ecosystem. And it's also interesting, you, you mentioned FTX, you know, they are, you know, SBF, the, the CEO there, you know, is, is a visionary CEO. But, you know, the reality is they're actually, you know, not that prevalent in the U.S. And it's fascinating because you go down to Miami, I just was for Art Basel, which we can talk about. And, you know, they have a stadium and they're spending so much to have people like Tom Brady and Steph Curry, you know, as brand ambassadors and investors and talking about them. But then when you actually go to FTX.com, you can't use the .com in the U.S. You can use the .us and it's a relatively limited subset because so much of what they make their money on are riskier kind of hedging financial trades that you actually can't use uh, in the U.S. And, and so- You're you know, absolutely right, by the way. We've spoken with Sam Bankman-Fried or SBF, as you referred, um, about this. You know, they're not domiciled in the U.S. And he, he sort of keeps talking about it as, as if they're, they're preparing the way to be um, a major player in the U.S. as soon as the regulatory environment allows for that. So it's almost like they're doing all the marketing and all the spending now so that all of a sudden when they can be available, everybody, they have the name recognition. Look, I mean, America is not the only country in the world, but certainly uh, it, it drives a lot of mindshare, particularly in crypto. And when you look at the other huge countries in the world, right, you know, it, it is very hard 
historically and even more so right now to be a crypto you know company in China for example right and and you know the the billions of people there and and so you know I I think he's smart for focusing on the U.S. as a megaphone and focusing on these highly visible celebrities who are, are famous you know really all around the world and to your point courting regulators by making it clear that he cares about the U.S. and and this isn't something you know where he plans like some other crypto exchanges have to just do international where he can do riskier things and and you know it actually reminds me of Gemini where from very very early on Gemini has been very clear that you know they they establish themselves as a New York trust company because that has a higher you know fiduciary responsibility than than a C corp um, you know they 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 had a great marketing campaign for years um, that that said you know, the revolution needs rules, right? And, and you know, even now their tagline is, is trust is our product. Yep. And, and I think that, that you know, FTX, what FTX is doing, what Gemini is doing, you know, what, what even, you know, so the Coinbase and some of the other people have been doing is the same thing, which is saying, hey, you know, this might have started as kind of a mysterious, you know, mysterious guy wrote a paper, um, Satoshi wrote his white paper, and, you know, this might feel like it's this shadowy thing when you look back to the Silk Road days, but, you know, you could say the same thing about cash, right, for, for a lot of history. Um, and, and the reality is that you need the infrastructure, you need the regulation, you need the compliance, you need the transparency. Yeah. And so I think that's what they're doing. Maybe this is a good chance to ask, you know, what you're a venture capital fund, you can, and, you know, invest, there's so much new emerging technology, you could be in cloud companies, you could be in clean eating and food tech. And, you know, in some ways, I know you guys can kind of dabble all over the place. Why is crypto, you think, an area where there's still a ton of returns to be made? And, you know, what's, what's sort of like the, the hope for what a company like Gemini could grow into over the next five or 10 years? Yeah, so I'll tell you a great story from this morning. So, you know, crypto has been in a bit of a slump. And so, uh, you know, a few days ago, I uh, saw that that I get price alerts from my Gemini app, which is great if you're looking at trading. And I saw that there was a slump. So I was like, I'll put some more money in. And so I, I you know, put, funded my account and I, I bought some, some Bitcoin. That was at least three or four days ago. I got an email this morning saying, hey, your, 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 your deposit is cleared. And this is a service that I've used for years that I deposit money into all the time. I use a Chase Bank account. There's nothing esoteric about this. I'm sitting in the US. It's a weekday. It took days for that right. to clear. Right. And so when you think about, you know, sure, there's lots of money to be made in, in trading and speculation and in crypto, you know, in Bitcoin and, and Shibu and the Doge, Dogecoin and a lot of that. But when you look at, you know, the underlying utility, it is insane that in that time, I literally traveled to two different states, three different cities, right? And my money couldn't go from my bank account to the bank account of a company that, you know, to my account at a company where I've had an account for years. That's crazy. I literally could have driven it to their headquarters faster than I could have, then I transferred it. And so when you look at that, right, or if you've ever been sitting in Barcelona with friends from London and, you know, whatever, you know, Portugal, and you split the check for dinner and you say, oh, let's all, you know, let's all chip in. You can't Venmo each other. Venmo doesn't work outside of the U.S., right? You, you and, and it doesn't work in between company, in between countries. So now all of a sudden to pay for some tapas on the beach, you have to literally engage in, you know, Forex, right? You have to go like transfer currency around. 
those are things that in a global world, you know, it's not sustainable, right? And and so a lot of the original, uh, you know, appeal of cryptocurrency historically, because remember, cryptocurrencies existed long before Bitcoin, it still holds and we still have some of those problems. And no, Every you know ridiculous coin of the moment doesn't doesn't fix all those problems, but the underlying protocols and the blockchain, you know, they are a lot more efficient. I could transfer money to you right now in the time it takes me to finish this sentence, not just because I have a lot of run-on sentences. Um, if I had your 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 you know crypto wallet address. And it would take days to send it to you. You know, Zelle is an innovation where it only takes only takes 10 minutes to send you money. That's still kind of a long time. Interesting. So and yes, absolutely, you know, the biggest opportunity seems to be for something like the Bitcoin network to instantaneously settle cross-border transactions. And it's why we've seen it threaten in some ways the dominance of places like Western Union that take a while and charge high fees. So, you know, Gemma, there's so many things proliferating in this space. If I'm an investor, where should I go to still find opportunity and runway in the years ahead? And where are some of the places that you think already are fully valued to reflect the potential here? Yeah, I mean, I, I think getting making money in the markets is always a question of relativity, right? So, so where else can you make money? I don't know, you know, when you think back to when we were kids and you put your money in savings accounts because you earned interest, right? And now literally as soon as money hits my account, I'm calling my money manager to say, I got to move this money because if I let it sit in my bank account, I'm losing money in the current kind of inflationary environment where, you know, there is no yield, right? So, so should you go, can you go try to play the markets, find the next Dogecoin, find the next Shibu? You know, somebody made billions of dollars off of like a $10,000 basis cost a few months ago with, with Shibu. Can you go try to be that whale? Of course, they can't actually liquidate it or crash the market, but you know, could, can you try to go be that whale? Sure. If you're, if you like buying lotto tickets, if you like gambling in Las Vegas, then you will probably love chasing, you know, mega returns in cryptocurrency. But if you're like most people, you're just looking for a little bit of yield, right? And you cannot get that at your bank. You cannot get that, you know, a, a lot of places right now in this current real estate market, it's incredibly hard to buy in. And so it's, if you can't buy in, then how are you going to see your money grow? And, and so when you look around, even if you're only looking at, you know, only 10 or 15 or 20% returns in crypto, that's still a ton of money, right? Right now, crypto is not doing well. And I'm still, I think, up over 400% for the year. And, wow. and so even if it were a, literally a 10th of that, up 40% for the year is a really good place to be, right? And, and so I, I think that that you always, you know, are hearing about uh, we, we, there's a saying in the crypto world that the best time to buy crypto is, is, it was yesterday and the next best time is today. Right. And, and I think that that broadly still holds. And, and so, you know, I got a text from my dad the other day, um, asking me, uh, where he should start buying cryptocurrency. And it's funny on a lot of levels, but in part, I was like, dad, here's an article I wrote in 2013 when it was a thousand dollars a coin, you know, saying that baby boomers should buy crypto. And I've sent this to you 10 different times. And now it's 2021, almost 2022, and you're doing it like, good, you know, Is it late for him. You know, I think that's one, one question. And also, um, you know, the gains that you're talking about, is that for kind of your own personal holdings or for the portfolio? Um, Cause again, you know, the, the moves in underlying crypto 
and the moves in a lot of the platforms facilitating this are, are two different things. And I also thought it was interesting what you said about yield, because I hear that a lot from friends and neighbors who are in what we kind of call the DeFi space because of the yield. But, and you're very plugged into what's happening in Washington. I wonder if these yields are going to be sustainable or not. Yeah, so we are not a crypto hedge fund. We we are a venture fund, and so our crypto exposure at the fund is is through amazing companies like Gemini and Falcon X. And and you know I have some personal personal money that I've made in crypto, which is always great, um, and certainly accrues a lot faster and falls sometimes a lot faster than than my IRA money. But um, you know when it comes to to DeFi, right, uh, decentralized finance, there are there's the ability to generate great yields, and and I believe Coinbase is looking at doing this. I know Gemini does this. Um, a lot of the big exchanges, I think Robinhood does this as well. You know, they give you a really attractive APY compared to what you can get at, at, at a bank right now, um, partially because they're, if you hold crypto, because they're using that to, to stake cryptocurrency. And so, you know, there, there are places for yield that are relatively low risk. And those are, you know, single digit, single digit interest rates, but compared to the 0.001% interest rate you can get right now from, you know, your local bank, it's certainly interesting as a way to dabble without necessarily, you know, trying to, to put it all on red and make a big bet. And, and so, trustworthy? I mean, that's one of the things when I, see some of the, the the staking and other things going on, I can't quite tell if it's all because of leverage and stable coins and and sort of the the stuff that was going on kind of in the traditional financial system before it all collapsed in 08, or if it's genuine innovation because of the new things that blockchains can allow you to do. You know, I think it's both, right? When you look back to 2008, um, you know, which is exactly where my, my mind went as well, the, the problem wasn't inherently the instruments being used. It's that you were bundling bad debt and then calling it good debt. And then you were buying and selling the good debt as though it were good debt, even though when you look at the debt, it was, you know, if you have one moldy grape, it's bad. If you have a bunch of moldy grapes, it's amazing. Like it's not actually how the world works, right? And and so I think that, that you know, there's always risk um, affiliated with any investment. Um, you know, but but there's risk always in life. You could put all your cash in your mattress and if your house burns down, that's a lot of risk too, you know? And so I think people need to learn about what they are doing and, and certainly not just, you know, hear a hot tip and go throw money at it. But that's also, I think, why you're seeing the emergence of things like, you know, the Bitcoin ETF that, that was recently listed and there's more on the way, you know, like, uh, you know, Kathy, Kathy Wood at ARC, uh, you know, she's a very big focus. She, you, you can buy into companies or, you know, ETFs where you're getting public market exposure with, you know, presumably less risk, right? But but you're getting really exposure to crypto. I mean, right now, yeah. if you invest in Square, now Block, right? That's kind of a crypto investment. Oh, absolutely. And they, they're they emphasizing that. You mentioned a couple of companies, like I think Falcon X was one of them. Not that our audience can necessarily access uh, early stage investments right now, but talk about some of the companies that are facilitating the kind of technological development that is happening right now in the crypto space. 
Yeah, so so Falcon X is a company we invested in, and and Ragu, the CEO there, is is just been a, a phenomenal you know executor. You know they they last year had had thirty x year over year revenue growth. You know and and they're valued at almost four billion dollars. And and Tiger, the hedge fund, uh, you know has has been active in investing alongside a lot of other great hedge funds. Even you know Amex Ventures has invested, right? So so the credit card company, uh, their venture arm invested, and and. You know, Coinbase has invested. There's a lot of great, uh, you know, very. Uh, th there's a lot of great, very different kinds of capital around the table there, um, and the reason is that that it is it is working really well. You know, and and what it does is it, it's it's a it's a prime brokerage for cryptocurrency. And, and so, you know, you think about the public markets and of course there's a prime brokerage, you know, you need to move the money around that sort of just table stakes. And, and then you look at crypto and you realize, oh, we kind of need that too, right? And, and the interesting thing about companies like that, um, and to some extent, even the, the cryptocurrency exchanges, the, the Geminis and FTXs of the world is that they're not their, their risk is different than than the price of coins, right? Individual coins can go up or down, but if things go up, it means people are buying. If things go down, it means people are selling, which means you still need, you know, these exchanges, you still need, you know, these these prime brokerages. And so as those companies like Coinbase, it's now public or Square, which is now doing so much in crypto, as those companies move towards public market exposure, if cryptocurrency gives you like a light case of the hives, then you can go get exposure, you know, in a different way because you know, when there's money changing hands, you're eventually going to need infrastructure, right? And and so when you have that infrastructure, if if it's you know, I'm sitting in San Francisco right now, right? And and you know, who who made money in the gold rush, right? It was Levi's. It was selling jeans. It was selling picks and shovels um, to people who were out trying to prospect and hope they hit it big. And yeah. you know, on average, you you don't necessarily lose money being in the picks and shovels business. Maybe this would also be a good place, as we've talked about um, some of the new technologies that could have staying power, to talk about some of the problems, especially with NFTs that are gonna be raised. You know, we had an interview with GM Render about NFTs and it's kind of been an amazing thing as an artist to um, help your customers make money from the appreciation in your assets, if that's happening to you right now. But there's also, you mentioned you were just at Art Basel and there's also a lot of concerns about, you know, is all of this stuff being reported to tax authorities? Is all of it above board? You know, it's very murky in the NFT space. And so while we can all see the promise of this, I also wonder if we're in like the Mount Gox days of NFTs right now. You know, there's NFTs have been great for, I think, artists because we as a society, especially in finance, do not always do a great job of appreciating art, right? And, and so to have art so deeply in the conversation, you know, through NFTs, to have artists making real life-changing amount of monies, um, I think that's great. That being said, you know, art has also often been used for not so great means, you know, for things like money laundering and, and for things like sort of, you know, a shell game of moving value around. And so, you know, that, but, but I, I don't think that that means any one NFT drop or any one NFT platform isn't trustworthy, right? Gemini owns Nifty Gateway, which was an early NFT platform. And, you know, they, they are incredibly serious around compliance and all of those things, you know, Coinbase's 
is launching NFTs, and, and I'm absolutely certain they will be as well, the same with FTX. Um, so I, I think it comes back to, you know, it, it in some ways, NFTs feel a little bit like a mix between, you know, a Sotheby's art auction and, and sort of hype beast culture, you know, buying the new Air Jordans, right? And the reality is that if it's, if it's, you're getting what you think you're buying, if it's authentic, um, you know, and you're buying from someone you can trust, then great, it's probably real. And if not, then you probably bought some fake Jordans and spent a lot of money on them, right? So, so I, I think that all of this goes back to, you know, there's no individual good or bad. I mean, I might personally think some of the NFT art is ugly, but there's no good or bad in the market. It's just, you know, can you trust the platform or the person or the group that you're transacting with? And, and that's true, you know, for every transaction that you make everywhere. It's just that with crypto, there's sort of this, you know, microscope on it um, around, uh, you know, hey, it feels like there are certain people who feel like everything even hints of cryptocurrency is a fraud. And, and that's not any truer than saying that, you know, everything that even hints of the stock market or an art museum is a fraud. Yeah. Sort of switching back to crypto for a moment, do you have a gut feeling for, you know, how high the price of Bitcoin is going to go? You know, even if it's just in your personal portfolio, it sounds like you said, if you're buying on the dips, you don't think that, this is, you know, its peak valuation. Um, how do you think about the valuation of Bitcoin and some of the other leading cryptos like Ethereum? I mean, I'm a sales shopper, so I just love buying the dips. But you know, <laughs> the, the reality is that, that there is a huge amount of space to still run, right? I, I When I invested in Gemini, I posted a, an old uh, email exchange between Cameron Winklevoss, one of the co-founders, and I um, from 2013. And I was telling him in 2013 that I was so mad at myself that I didn't buy Bitcoin before it hit 300 a coin. Oh, and funny. Like, when do you think it's going to be back under 300? And he's like, I'm not sure it is. Um, and, and so, you know, the reality is there's always probably, not always, but, but there is likely consistently going to be room for it to grow, right? If you, you know, if, if your grandparents were in Manhattan looking at a townhouse saying, wow, this is really expensive, but there's a little bit of a downturn, I'll buy it because it feels a little bit like a good price, but this is still expensive. How much has that accrued in value, right? And, and so in, in some ways it, it, you know, I am, I am a true believer. My official answer about the price of Bitcoin price target is to the moon, but you know, it, it's one of those things where. How did you, how did you get turned onto the space in the first place? Because when I was looking at your background, you know, I believe you were in advertising, you've worked at a number of, you know, name brand companies, but nothing that screams to me, you know, hey, computer programmer who got an early look at the code or something, you know, what, what was great, your light bulb moment? Great story. So right after the Winklevoss twins had come back, I'd worked for Cameron Winklevoss very early on in my career at a nightlife startup. And right after they came back from Ibiza, when they'd heard about Bitcoin, we were all out uh, at a fashion week dinner in New York City. And I happened to be sitting with the twins and a couple friends of theirs came through to talk about this new this new project they were they were thinking about getting involved with, and it was Bitcoin. And I remember sitting there at the dinner. Um, Barry Silbert came to the dinner, and he now you know he he ran Second Market, and which was mm -hmm. a secondary exchange for 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 startup equity, and now he runs a great uh, crypto VC fund. And you know he was talking about it. I'm sitting there listening, and they leave, and 
you know, and I was like, I don't get it. Like you just use math to make money. This doesn't make any sense. And they're like, well, you know, here's kind of how it works and here's why, and here's what we like about it. And, and, you know, they of course had heard about it in Ibiza at a party um, as, as memorialized in, in the Bitcoin billionaire book, um, which I think is also soon to be a movie. And, and so, you know, it was such a random thing, um, but I found it interesting. And I, I kind of kept asking questions and, and every time I'd run into them, I'd ask more questions. And now it's very important to acknowledge the biggest mistake of my life, which was I didn't immediately say, here's a thousand dollars, please buy me, you know, 50 right. Bitcoin and then the rest is history. But, but you know, I was curious about it because I, I heard about it in passing. And, and this was, you know, a few years after 2000, the crash of 2008, where as, you know, a 22 year old working in fashion, I would, you know, go out to nightclubs and see that, hey, it used to be that all of these bankers, you know, were spending crazy amounts of money every night. Now, like they don't. And these guys that I've been going on dates with, like didn't have jobs anymore. And so seeing up front, I also worked in luxury fashion, which, you know, huge economic downturns are not great for luxury fashion either. So, so even though I didn't come from a finance background, I got this like tiny ultra privileged peak at, hey, you know, things that you take for granted, like housing prices and the stock market are maybe not as trustworthy as you think. And if that's America, what happens in all the other countries around the world, right? Our currency is still largely seen as one of the most valuable currencies, if not the most valuable currency in the world, and we can't get it right. So maybe there's room for something new. And, and that curiosity just kind of compelled me to keep poking at it. And, and now we're here. It's amazing. I mean, it's quite a story. And like you said, so many people did fall into it. One more question in this vein is, you know, would you describe all the other cryptos and there's more competing ones than ever in the same terms as Bitcoin, right? So how do you think through that, you know, whether you kind of get involved with, you know, the next, you know, Solana or Cardano or whatever it is versus um, sticking with Bitcoin? Yeah, I mean, I, I, they're, they're, they're fundamentally different, right? So, so while we think of crypto as currencies, um, you know, a, a better way to think about it in that sense might be how you think about about metals, right? So, so you know, why do you buy diamonds versus gold versus lithium, right? If if you're a commodities trader, right? Or why do you buy corn versus flour? You're not expecting these different things to do exactly the same thing. They might all be kind of a basket that's similar in some ways, you know. And so in crypto, there are things like stable coins where the price is explicitly pegged to, to you know, a, a dollar value and they're anti-inflationary. Um, and, and, you know, there's Bitcoin, which is anti-inflationary. There's Doge, which is designed to be inflationary and designed to be speculative. And so it's not better or worse. It's just what are, what are you looking for in your investment and, and understanding enough about your investment, right? Um, you know, to, to go back to the, to the commodities, you know, example, if you're buying corn futures, you're not buying corn futures because, you know, you're obsessed with, with wheat, right? right. Because those are two different things and you kind of know that. And so you, you, you get a point of view on one and then you go invest against that. And, and that's the same thing here. And so it doesn't have to be, 
you know, whatever you're investing in always, you should have some sense of why you're investing or lean on things like an ETF where they're buying you a basket of goods and you can just kind of track that. Yeah. Um, so, so there's a lot of different kinds of cryptocurrencies, you know, and, and now with, with the rise of DeFi, as you mentioned, and, and uh, you know, DAOs, which are, are decentralized autonomous organizations and, and, you know, NFTs where, you know, you generally need Ethereum and, and a different kind of wallet. Um, you know, there's a whole bunch of different sort of tools in your toolkit that as you get more into crypto, you'll probably need. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think what it comes down to is anytime you're buying one given currency, you know, there's kind of just a, a logic question to yourself of, of why am I buying this? And, and what do I think it's going to do? Because not everything is going to go up, you know, 50,000 X in, in five years. And we need to have you back and do a whole thing about DeFi in the next couple of months. Cause that's just going to be a fascinating side conversation, um, soon to be central conversation. Let me ask you this, Sarah, in the kind of remaining few minutes that we have, is there anything outside of crypto that excites you as much as stuff inside of crypto <laughs> these days? Yeah, I mean, this this will sound, you know, to some people like the exact opposite, but but we also get really excited about about some of the the work going on um, in climate and and particularly, you know, around uh, around the the massive acceleration um, towards uh, electric vehicles and, and the decarbonization of kind of everything. Um, and, and so, you know, we're, we are, are looking at really fascinating companies um, that, are, that are figuring out, hey, how do you mine more minerals for you know the batteries that you need in your self-driving car in a way that's ethical and doesn't use you know child labor in in parts of the world where that's still you know legal and and you know those are the kinds of big questions that we get excited about because so often there are just unintended consequences to things that seem obviously good and so you know around climate we all know there's a huge problem we have to do something about it but you know there there's there are outcomes you might not expect. And so how do you make sure that, that you're doing the right thing while trying to do the right thing? Yeah. And are there any companies that you would mention we should keep our eye on at this point? One company I love in this space is a, is a company called Cobold. Um, they, they were, uh, they, they've gotten a lot of press lately because, you know, they're, they're working on, on uh, using AI to be able to, to mine, you know, rare earth minerals for, you know, the decarbonization of, of the entire world um, in a much uh, more cost-effective way, but, but also, you know, in, in places that, are are not uh, politically uh, problematic, and so so companies like that we're we're just super 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 bullish on. It's funny because crypto and clean tech are like two running sub themes of uh, of this whole podcast. So it's very funny. I think my audience probably chuckles to hear you say that that's the other area of interest right now. Um, definitely, that seems to be uh, the other major place where huge things are happening. Um, I'll leave it there for now. This has been so awesome. There's so much more we could get into and hopefully we'll come back and we can do it again. Yeah, let's do it. Thank you so much. Awesome, Sarah. Thank you so much. And thanks everybody for listening today. Be sure to follow the Exchange Podcast for more conversations like this one and catch our show live weekdays at 1 p.m. Eastern only on CNBC. See you then. This podcast is supported by FedEx. Dear small and medium businesses, no one wants happy customers more than you do. That's why FedEx offers you picture proof of delivery, 
packageless and paperless returns, as well as weekend home delivery to 98% of the U.S. on Saturday and 50% on Sunday. See the FedEx Service Guide for delivery information. FedEx Ground service is also faster to more locations than UPS Ground. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely, positively, FedEx.